Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill coming to you from the West End hotel in atlanta the media hotel for the peach bowl on saturday uh, with me as always is kip adams kip uh, we're coming in uh, not uh, too far removed from christmas and the holiday season how the last few days treated well we got a, a couple sprinklings of some some winter weather last night that was a, a day late from a, a white christmas but uh, you know, still always entertaining to, to to see any sort of snowy precipitation in atlanta it's always an adventure when we get that type of weather. And with that came a uh, a water boil advisory for, for my neighborhood as our water pressure went down to almost nothing. So, like I said, with, with any sort of weather in Atlanta, it, it's always, uh, you know, fun and uh, new challenges for us. But, you know, I, I thought the holidays went pretty well. Uh, another, you know, good week of, uh, of football. NFL still kind of struggling there, but overall, I mean, this is the that time of year where these games start to mean a little bit more for for some teams, and always entertaining. So you know, just you know, I can't believe the you know the end of the year's here. So I think you know next time that you and I are on a pod together, most likely it'll be right there at uh, New Year's Eve, or probably I guess it'll be post game. You know, it'll be twenty twenty three. So uh, you know, for everyone, just thanks for listening this year and. Thanks for listening to us today. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's been a busy time of year, but as wild as it sounds, it's game week. You know, Georgia will be playing Ohio State on Saturday night. And like you said, I'm sure we will uh, we'll definitely be spending New Year's Eve together, Kip. So I hope you brought uh, maybe smuggling a little eggnog or something. Make sure we do uh, New Year's Eve upright. I'm good for it. That's, you know what? Uh, uh, if you don't have a flask these days, if you didn't get one for Christmas, I mean, you get that next day shipping on Amazon right now. Uh, now's the time to do it. I think, uh, you know, this is going to be an entertaining game. It's one where you you probably won't really need uh, some eggnog to kind of feel it in the second half of this game. I think this is going to be one of those where, uh, you know, there's a lot of big plays. And I think, you know, we've watched some so-so football up and down in some of the bowl games. I think this is going to be one of the better bowl games we, we watched this holiday season. For sure. And and I want to kind of start this podcast, talk a little bit about today. We're recording this on Tuesday, and that was the start of interviews uh, with both teams. Ohio State's offense had guys go along with offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. Georgia had defensive uh, players as well as co-defensive coordinators 
Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp. And just want to sort of share a little bit about what was, what was said, some of the things that were talked about, starting with the Georgia side. Um, really intrigued to get a chance to talk to Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann. Guys, we really don't get to talk to very much. Usually that's before the season and then about this time as they're getting ready for bowls. Um, kind of picked Will Muschamp's brain on the freshman. Um, you know, specifically uh, Malachi Starks, Jalen Walker, uh, Michael Williams, hoping to do a story uh, on those three later today. And, uh, you know, he just talked about the growth that all three of them have shown. Um, he talked a good bit on Malachi with Chris Smith and, and how much having Chris back there has helped Malachi through his freshman season. Um, some of the other things that were intriguing, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, a couple questions about um, if Tennessee and Ohio State look that much alike. He kind of wasn't fully convinced that was the case. Um, he really talked highly of Ohio State's offensive line, as did Will Muschamp. And uh, we had a chance to talk to Paris Johnson Jr., and, and Will Musham said he thinks he could be a top five pick. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting matchup. And watching that offensive line go against guys like Jalen Carter and the Georgia defensive line, it's going to be something to watch. Um, other than that, uh, you know, Glenn Schumann talked about um, stepping into his role and, and what he's done as a co-defensive coordinator. Um, he talked about back when he was a GA at Alabama that, you know, it was always about – um, working hard every day and, and trying to, you know, work your way up. And, and he's clearly done that. I mean, it's, it's funny. He's been at Georgia for so long at this point, but he's still, I think, only 32 years old. Um, still one of the more younger, uh, on the younger side as far as especially coordinators, but even, you know, position coaches. Um, still one of the younger coaches in this game. Uh, on the Ohio State side, um, you know, C.J. Stroud was asked a lot about Georgia. Uh, obviously, Georgia had recruited him coming out of high school there in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Um, and, uh, you know, also heard a good bit about, um, you know, what they're sort of expecting to get from Georgia. Uh, they were asked, Marvin Harrison Jr. and those guys were asked about being an underdog. Uh, I was kind of intrigued by his answer was, uh, you know, he said, you know, he pointed out the fact that this, this game's essentially in Georgia's backyard. And uh, he said that, you know, I kind of like playing the villain or kind of like playing the underdog was what he said. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is an Ohio State team. I've kind of talked about this before that, you know, there was that week between losing to Michigan and the conference championship weekend where, you know, you, you got to imagine they were sort of looking at each other going, you know, what's happening? You know, what, what are we doing? You know, uh, what's sort of the motivation and trying to keep everything in context and, and understanding that, you know, now, they needed help, but they weren't out. And, uh, you know, just to see sort of the attitude that they showed today, I mean, I think you do see a team that um, has prepared really hard uh, over these last few weeks and, and understands that comes into this game. Probably a lot of people aren't going to pick them to beat Georgia. And I, I think on that side of things, that's nothing but a benefit for Ohio State, understanding that you know, they do come into this game with uh, something to prove, something the players kept saying was, Ohio State versus the world. And I think that's sort of the mindset they're taking in this game. Yeah, definitely. You know, we just watched the team, you know, last season, you know, come off of defeat and the pressure's off at that point. You, you know, you, you, you have so much built up expectations. You're going through a season undefeated. Uh, you know, the press clippings start to pile up and, and then you get, you know, a slice, uh, a serving of humble pie. Kirby Smart used that to Georgia's advantage last, last season to help them refocus, you know, recenter. And, you know, you, you saw how they played in the college football playoff. And so 
the fact that Michigan, it's last game, that's exactly what happened to them. I mean, Ohio State, that's exactly what happened to them against Michigan. You, you know that those players, again, they, they've been humbled. They've seen what happens when they don't play their best game. And, yeah, often, you know, the teams bounce back from that. You, you look at the last time uh, Ohio State won a national championship, it was because they got counted out due to injuries. And, and so I, I think, yeah, there are some – the 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 storyline and the blueprint's been set where you can bounce back for, from a loss and and really you know play your best football I think so that that is definitely something that you know Georgia can't look at different you know excuses or storylines they're always going to get the other team's best no matter what and I think we're in the playoff now this is it there's no margin for error there are no excuses. Both teams are going to come out, you know, with their best game plan. I think of all the games, uh, this game is is that one where uh, the coaches are really going to have to earn their paychecks. This is, the, I mean, the this is a college football fan's dream matchup, just with the different matchups, different schemes. Uh, you know how who's going to be able to adjust the best because there are a lot of big time playmakers on both sides of the ball in this game, and, and I think it's a chess match. And, and so again. Uh, I, I don't think that you could take the regular season, kind of throw it out right now. Uh, these are the two most talented teams in the college football playoff. And it should be a really, really entertaining game. Yeah, fascinated to see what we hear these next few days, getting a chance to talk to – tomorrow we'll talk to Georgia offensive players and Ohio State defensive players as well as coaches, uh, coordinators for both of those units. And uh, and then crazy stuff, Kip, Wednesday and Thursday. And I think you might wind up being there with us, get a chance to go watch them practice. Uh, it has been, I think, maybe since the Sanford week that we have not seen Georgia practice. And uh, that will give us a good feel uh, not only for where things are and how things look, uh, but also um, injuries. You know, had a lot of questions about Warren McClendon, Lam McConkey. Um, you know, Rusty reported last night that it looks pretty good for Ladd. We're still kind of watching on Warren McClendon. That'll be something that I very much will be keeping an eye on. Um, but get a chance to watch these guys and see uh, how they're looking just a few days to go. Hey, you're going to have guys out there uh, in crutches. Uh, Kirby's going to have these guys just even if they're not have no chance of playing for the 15 minutes that the media get to see, he's going to have them running routes and, and you know, definitely – showing the uh, the opponent that they have their full roster allotment, not giving them any info uh, at, at all. So if we, if we see, you know, a couple guys out there with casts in their legs, but, uh, you know, they're going to probably cut those off, have them in there, uh, you know, on the line and, and working with the, the ones and twos just to make sure, you know, we don't we don't get any intel that, you know, the, the opponent might might deem valuable out there because I know that, these coaches are hoarders of information. I don't want you to know anything. It's all a secret. But for 15 minutes, you're going to get to see the the most entertaining and informative stretching uh, that the Georgia beat has seen in, in several months. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's going to be 15 minutes of spectacular stretching, and it's going to be. And I'm going to find a way to write a thousand words on it for you folks because that's what we do. Um, before we turn the page, and I want to make sure to to plug that uh, on Thursday at 11.30 is the plan. Um, have a, have uh, it planned uh, to have Patrick Murphy on the podcast uh, from Bucknuts247, have a chance to preview this game really in full, get an idea 
of where Ohio State is coming into this game, the matchups, the things we want to see. But before we turn the page from this game, Kip, um, what intrigues you at this point in the week as far as what we might see on Saturday and what could be the difference in this game for either side? Well, the storyline, as it always is, is uh, how is Georgia going to stop Ohio State's offense? Uh, Obviously, uh, a two-time Heisman finalist in C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, one of the most prolific passing attacks in the country. You look at the weapons that he has. I mean, uh, you know, can Keely, if is Keely Ringo going to be matched up on Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, that's that's been the narrative all week. Uh, Georgia just, you know, allowed had its poorest defensive uh, showing of the game of uh, the season against LSU. If you're going to let LSU score thirty, you know what can Ohio State do? It's it, for me. It, it's it's the you flip that around. I I think you just saw what Michigan did to Ohio State offensively, and you look at the the makeup of of Michigan's roster this year. Uh, Georgia is a better version of of Michigan. I mean, on paper, that's that's what they do. And so I think offensively, I think Georgia is going to be able to. I mean, they're going. I think they have the ability to score over thirty against Ohio State, and I think they're going to be able to just pound the Buckeyes into submission. And so that's kind of what I want to see. Can that offensive line, snubbed for the Joe Moore Award for the second year in a row uh, by the Michigan uh, offensive line again? Can they show out uh, against an Ohio State defense that, you know, has some holes in it? And, and I think you look at the fact that A.D. Mitchell is close to 100% as he's been all season. And then, you know, Lab McConkey, he's going to be close to 100% as well. Uh, Stetson Bennett's going to have his weapons uh, to, to, you know, to, to choose from. And I think there's going to be situations there uh, when Ohio State is keying in on Kenny McIntosh and Brock Bowers. Setson is going to be able to attack them in the slot and outside down the field. And, and I think he's going to have, again, in the college football playoff, an outstanding performance in the semifinals. That's that's what I'm looking to see. They keep Stetson Bennett clean the pocket. He's going to pick them apart. You mentioned uh, the Joe Moore Award, and I was sure to ask Cedric Van Pran, basically, was that talked about at all? You're not winning that? And he was like, that's a tricky question, and he was like, uh, you know, we've talked about it, but we're going to try to keep the focus on the team. So, I mean, I do think that those guys cared about that, and I think that they do have a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. And to me, the word of this game, and this is nothing new, it was brought up today with the interviews, physicality. How does Ohio State match Georgia's physicality? To me, that determines if this is a close game or if it's a game where, you know, people like Kip and I are, are kind of wrapping up our stories by the time we get to the fourth quarter. And that's sort of my thought uh, on what we'll see on Saturday. So before we get into what happened last week um, with not only Georgia signees and also the transfer portal, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back, talk about Georgia adding two really big wide receivers and adding a ton of talent from the high school ranks. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back everybody well let's start kip with national signing day and i wrote about this i think on thursday but you know i kind of called it boring but on national signing day when your team like georgia boring is good um, nothing necessarily was a surprise as Georgia signs 25 players. Cements what we already were expecting to be the number two class in the nation. Uh, Kip, what did you take out of National Signing Day, really looking at the high school prospects, the, the guys that Georgia added in the 2023 cycle and uh, the guys that uh, will have a chance to make their mark in 2023 and beyond? Well, the number two class in the country, uh, I thought that overall, uh, you know, Georgia – Field its needs. This is we talked about this on the last show heading into uh, signing day that w- we expected Georgia to, to add a couple guys to the class, and that we thought this class w- did everything that Georgia set out to do in this cycle. I mean, adding a guy like five-star edge Damon Wilson to you know three outstanding edge prospects, you could make the case any one of those guys could you know have the biggest impact at Georgia, and and, and definitely. You know, if you're looking toward the future, that I mean, that could be a future rotation to edge between Samuel and Pemba, Damon Wilson, Gabriel Harris out there. That's an outstanding trio. It might not even be the best trio of players on defense that they signed just because, you know, again, that linebacker trio that Glenn Schumann had already amassed and, and Raylan Wilson, Troy Boyles, C.J. Allen. It, it's it's really a strong class from top to bottom there. And Kind of two things stood out to me overall is looking at this class is the average rating, uh, 93.69. I looked at the last five classes. That's the highest rating uh, per player that, that Georgia's had in this last five classes. That tells you, again, the talent level that Kirby Smart and his coaching staff brought in. Uh, these last couple of signing classes have been outstanding for Georgia, but this one per player, highest rating. And, again, that's still including uh, you know a, a kicker. 
who the I think the ceiling on those guys is 80 to 82. Uh, I'm not really in agreement with the industry one on kicker uh, ratings in general, or that they, if they're going to be that low, I don't think they should be included in, in the average player ranking. I just think that's kind of a, a weird thing, but I think kickers in the game of football are weird to begin with. It's just, it's something completely different. It's like a different sport being played when a kicker is on the field. So that, that's a whole nother discussion. But the other thing is if you take that, that average player rating 93.69 and you, and you look at the, uh, the 24-7 sports rankings, that's the 150th best player in the country. So that means the average player in Georgia's class is right there at 150, you know, half above, half below. But, I mean, if you're averaging the 150th best player in the country, uh, you're bringing in some serious talent. And I just think that, that 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 goes to show that, again, regardless of positions, different groups across the board, they brought in, got you know, they – they only had a couple misses. We said that before, you know, missing out on a, a key running back, a couple five techniques. If any of those impact guys in, enter the transfer portal, those are positions Georgia would definitely look at. But, you know, a- adding, uh, again, Damon Wilson, Jordan Hall, the uh, top 100 defensive uh, tackle from, from Westside in Jacksonville, a uh, big get there as well. I, I think that, Georgia, they, they answered all their needs, and, and this is a class that will continue to the stockpile roster that is at you know at worst in the top two in, in the country, and and that's that's how you compete for you know national championships on an annual basis is by doing exactly what Kirby Smart's doing right now with that roster. You know, a point I thought that was really interesting there, Kip. You talked about outside linebacker. You talked about the positions where they stack talent, and that was also the case among the defensive backs. I mean, the amount of uh, talented guys they got uh, across the entire secondary is really impressive. And I was really struck by something Kirby Smart said on Wednesday talking about the class, and he was asked about really specifically the cornerbacks. And and it was an interesting point he brought up that, you know, really – at this point, you don't recruit for a specific position among the secondary. He said, you know, playing in the secondaries can become more about matchups. And you get guys, and you know, we've known this too. Um, you know, they talked about it back in the fall camp about how they cross-train these guys. You know, they look to see where they fit best, move guys around, get them in position to play different positions, not only out of necessity if somebody gets hurt, but just to try to fill and try to figure out who fits best where. Um, so that, that to me, is an interesting piece of the puzzle, too, is understanding you've got guys like A.J. Harris, Daniel Harris, uh, Justin Rett, some of those really talented defensive backs they've signed. Uh, you know, they know that they're flexible and that they can move them around and put them in different positions and try to maximize the amount of talent those guys have um, because they know that somewhere, you know, they can fit in the puzzle for Georgia. It's just a matter of which piece they play the best. Yeah, and then you, you continue along that. Guys like Chris Peel and and Kyron Jones, a guy that, again, they added uh, during this early signing period, two guys from North Carolina that, that make a ton of plays on the offensive side of the ball. So you kind of bring that you know that mindset that these guys are going to attack the football and can make plays with the ball in their hands. Kyron Jones, a guy that's pushing 6'1", 200 pounds, uh, has track speed, Reminds a lot of people of, of Eric Stokes a couple years ago, a guy that made a ton of plays at East Side uh, as a running back. Georgia added on signing day, you know, was not did not get a lot of fanfare at, at the time uh, because a spot opened up at the end, and he got that spot on signing day. And well, obviously, uh, a couple years later, he, he earned you know first round draft pick, making a lot of plays for the Packers now. 
Uh, Kyron Jones, not trying to put that kind of comparison on him, but he fits that profile and checks those boxes off as a, a similar versatile defensive back coming in as an offensive playmaker. Uh, I think Kirby Smart lo- loves that type. And like you said, I mean, these guys don't, don't really come in with defined roles. Uh, I, I think you're going to find out what their skill set is in practice. And, and then that allows you to just be more versatile and give multiple looks in that secondary to, to confuse opposing quarterbacks. We talked about the guys that they signed out of high school. Well, let's make sure and talk about two guys that they landed that have SEC experience. Georgia goes into the transfer portal, you know, didn't add anybody uh, before the 2022 season in that offseason. And now I had two guys, two wide receivers in Mississippi State's Rara Thomas, Missouri's Dominic Lovett. Uh, Kip, what do you make of Georgia not only being able to land these two guys, but what they probably will bring to the table once they get to Athens? Yeah, the 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 top two pure wide receivers in the transfer portal by most outlets, including 24-7 sports. I mean, ESPN, Pro Football Focus, they all kind of agreed that Georgia got the top two uh, guys that, you know, are primarily wide receivers. And Gosh, another narrative getting squashed. Uh, you know, a year after you, you, you saw Jermaine Burton leave Georgia to go to Alabama, you know, that's that obviously uh, was a sore spot for a lot of fans, you know, throughout the offseason. Uh, Georgia's passing game was costing them its own playmakers. But this offseason, it's, it's interesting. Georgia gets the top two playmakers. Uh, and I, I think that kind of shows you that, People have a lot of respect for what Todd Monken and that and that offensive coaching staff's doing in Athens. And not just to, you know, the top two transfer wide receivers, these are guys that led two SEC programs in in receiving. And two guys that Georgia saw this season. And I think uh they each have kind of a different skill set. If you're looking at Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, uh, you know, maybe a, a guy like Javon Wims, a guy that, you know, has a great catch radius, can make plays down the field, uh, you know, if needed, but can also make plays after the catch and break tackles. Or Dominic Lovett, uh, an outstanding slot receiver. I, I think, you know, you look at a guy that that had, uh, I think, 846 receiving yards last year for Missouri, a team that, again, was very consistent, uh, had the, its up and downs, and I mean, it kind of been decimated by the transfer portal so far uh, this season, but Georgia benefited from that. Uh, I think he's a guy that you know you're looking for. You're looking for depth. You, you know, when Lad McConkey gets hurt, when Ad Mitchell gets hurt, Georgia's offense took a, a noticeable step back. And these are guys that can directly come in, if not start, be right there with Ad Mitchell with Lad McConkey, making sure that Georgia's quality of play does not go down while they're rotating these guys in. I just think Georgia made the wide receiver position a major priority in the transfer portal. We talked about that position being kind of, you know, an issue. They didn't have the depth they needed toward the end of the year, and they got their guys. And I think that's that's a credit to the Georgia's, you know, outlook for next year, but also just this coaching staff. Like I said, they're elite recruiters, and they obviously did an elite job uh, getting their their biggest needs already answered in the transfer portal. Yeah, I'd say Frederick uh, Meredith uh, hit it pretty well on the head. Kirby ain't playing, is he? I, I think that was a huge statement for them to be able to go out and get those guys, especially at the wide receiver position, like you said, Kip, a position that's been much more. I mean, you know, there was talk in the season, when is Georgia ever going to have another 1,000-yard receiver? Um uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, especially 
I was struck with Dominic Lovett because I remember in that Missouri game, I mean, the game that, you know, was the closest to this point Georgia came to losing. I mean, Dominic Lovett made a bunch of plays. I think he had something like 86 yards, had like a 36-yard catch um, in the second quarter of that game. Uh, but him and Rara Thomas both, I mean, you think about if you're going to be the leading wide receiver for a Mike Leach air raid team, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about how productive he was, how much they relied on him in that offense. Um, I think it's a huge boost. I think that you consider the fact you got those guys and you've got three wide receivers in the uh, 2023 class that are already there and, and getting to practice with the team, you know, going through bowl practice and kind of acting on the scout team, giving them a little new blood uh, on that side. I think that's huge. And, you know, a lot of credit I think is due to Brian McClendon and those guys and the entire staff for what they did playing two guys that are proven in the SEC and, and make what I think, you know, might have been one of the weaker parts of this team going into 2023, uh, just because of the questions you had about the wide receivers. Uh, I think you have to feel really good about where those receivers stand going into the new year. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we seen the last two seasons, both seasons that Georgia has been able to make the college football playoff and them kind of doing so without their top receiver for most of the year. So obviously you see that trend you're trying to prevent that from happening again because it's been one of the few aspects of this program that's they've kind of been hamstrung by that, you know, not having that number one guy. So if you're not able to get a true number one, you just you got to stack that receiver room, not just for next year, but for beyond. And all, and the other aspect of it is, Georgia's obviously going to have a new starting quarterback next year. You need to give that person the best chance for success possible and you know, having as many playmakers as you can and allowing them to kind of build chemistry this offseason, that, that's going to be huge. And, I mean, I'd be remiss you, you mentioned the other guys. Dylan Bell coming off a good freshman season. The guys they signed. I mean, Tyler Williams is a guy that I think is going to be in this rotation. For uh, Anthony Evans is obviously going to bring speed to to the roster. And, gosh, if you can, you know, if Arian Smith can stay healthy, uh, you know, something that we've said, I guess, now for over two years, I mean, that is an elite downfield threat. So basically, Georgia looks on paper to have a deep and extremely talented wide receiver room for whoever wins the quarterback job in the spring and the summer next year. And so I, I, that you know that would have been Georgia's biggest question this offseason. And, and it, again, right now it's answered. Who's throwing to him? We'll find out. But he's going to have a lot of weapons. Obviously, Brock Bowers coming back, Oscar Delp in that room, that tight end room that Todd Harley's building. You know, landed a couple guys, uh, you know, already in, in the signing class, uh, you know, in Georgia and Lawson Lucky, Pierce Sperlin. For, you know, at this point, they're set up well to get the number one tight end in the country and Deuce Robinson. So uh, it that tight end room is ridiculous. It's going to get even better uh, this offseason. And there's they're going to have no shortage of wide receivers as well. So the passing attack is, is here to stay for Todd Monken and, and the Georgia Bulldogs heading into 2023. As I wrote on Wednesday, the rich get richer with what they added just on signing day, and then you add those receivers, and it's only more so. So before we wrap up this episode, throw in the men's basketball minute. Georgia's 9-3, and three, uh, coming off of what was a pretty impressive win over Chattanooga. Not Georgia's most impressive game, but it was a game they trailed until about 2.08 left in the game. They wind up working their way back. They wind up finding a way to win, hitting some clutch shots late. Been really impressed with this team. I mean, the, I think their record is about where I had it. Um, pr- pretty much just flipping the Notre Dame game and the Georgia Tech game. 
Um, but I think that they're in pretty good shape going into conference play, which will start January 4th against Auburn. They do have one more game before then. They're going to they're going to host Ryder on Wednesday. Um, I think they should be in good shape as far as winning that game. Um, you know, again, I would give them uh, high props for how they have played non-conference play, but I think that we're going to learn a lot about this team really starting with that first game at home against Auburn because that is a, a good team. I think an Auburn team that's still trying to kind of find itself and figure itself out given uh, what that roster lost from last season. Um, but I, I'd say Mike White has done a really good job to this point, and uh, we're going to learn really early on uh, if this team can hang because we talk about physicality with football, but that's sort of – where my key is with this team being able to compete in SEC play. Uh, can the bigs, uh, you know, handle playing guys? You know, you're not going to have Oscar Sheepway every uh, time you go out there, but there's a lot of talented guys in the SEC this year, and you're going to have to beat and bang with them and hang with them to have a chance. Um, I'm still waiting to see that, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. And it's going to be something I'm going to be watching starting on January 4th. Yeah, moving up into the top 100 in the those uh, the Ken Palm rankings and the ESPN BPI, maybe they can crack the top 80 over the next couple of weeks. We're going to see, and we're going to cover it uh, whether it happens or not. It's been really fun to be on the men's basketball beat and something to be looking forward to. So we're going to wrap up this episode there. Again, a reminder, shooting for 1130 on Thursday to have Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts 247 on preview this game. Uh, talk about what Ohio State has done to this point and what we expect to see on Saturday. It uh, should be a fun one. We should also, uh, more than likely after the game, uh, Kip and I will do another podcast, just kind of a rapid fire, uh, immediate thoughts on what happens in that game. So be looking for that as well. Uh, so we're going to wrap that up there. Appreciate Kip taking the time to come on. Appreciate all you guys who watch live and everyone who's listening to this after the fact. So we'll sign off there. Until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.